This is WFG Insights, your download on the real estate market, featuring industry experts, thought leadership, and what's trending, keeping you informed and ahead of the market. In this download, WFG Chairman and Founder Patrick Stone shares his thoughts on the Missouri real estate verdict in a candid conversation, offering ideas and possible solutions for the industry moving forward. A major verdict in this case out of Missouri. I think everybody in the real estate industry already knows about this, so I don't need to rehash or recap it, but I want to get your perspective here. First of all, what's your reaction to this verdict? Well, uh, if I may, Brian, I'd like to back up and take a look at the whole real estate industry. Obviously, the realtor, the lender, the title company, almost all the players that uh, service this industry have a liability-based pricing system. By that, I mean that their price goes up with the price of the home or the size of the mortgage, if you will. So consequently, we've all benefited greatly, I think, in the sense that prices have appreciated, our fees have appreciated, the realtor's commission has gotten larger, the title company fee has gotten larger, the fee for the mortgage has gotten larger. So consequently, you're seeing some pressure lately from different sources For example, Fannie Mae gave a serious look at an alternative title product, and then when they researched it, they realized that the losses in the industry were such that you didn't really want to go away from the process of title examination or title insurance. So they backed off of that, but they did express concerns for the affordability being impacted by the pricing. Now, if you look at the Realtor Commission, uh, obviously, if you have a $400,000 home, 5% of 400000 is a lot more than 5% of 100000 So you've got the same phenomena occurring in every aspect of the industry. And I think the industry as a whole is going to have to adjust or deal with it. Recommendation I made to some uh, interested parties earlier this year was to get the MBA NAR and ALTA, the American Land Title Association, together and see if we could identify some areas where we could streamline the process or make the process more efficient time-wise and cost-wise. So uh, what is my overall feeling on all of this? I am not surprised that this is happening. I think that the lawsuit and the verdict uh, resulted in, I think, what, eight or 10 more lawsuits being filed. There was an article in the Wall Street Journal that was, I think, maybe overly and unnecessarily harsh towards realtors. I do think the functionality that the realtor provides is invaluable and done correctly, it makes all the difference in the world in the home being sold. But I guess backing up again at a high level, should all of us be participating in a fee system that is liability-based? That needs to be looked at. Well, and to back way up 20 years, when I was in the mortgage profession, you know, we battled this then. And, you know, you'd have a whatever size transaction going on. And, you know, we got beat up on fees back then, right? And I mean, you'd have a client go next door for, you know, an eighth of a point in interest and $200 in fees. I mean, that's been prevalent on the mortgage side of the the ledger for many, many years now. And now we finally see it here. And I mean, that's what we would question back then was, my goodness, there's, you know, X amount of dollars on the real estate side and they're at, they're going to battle us over 200 bucks. So this has been around, as you know, for many, many years. And now it seems to really focus on the buyer's agent, not so much the listing agent, overall the the fees and the transaction, but the buyer's agent who many consumers feel, and this is me speaking with the consumer hat on, not the professional hat that, you know, what does a buyer's agent do? 
And my goodness, we found the home on Zillow and they just wrote up the contract and they got paid two and a half or three percent. So that seems to be where the crux of this focus is, at least for consumers. Yeah. And back up to something you said there, I think the mortgage industry is probably the only I shouldn't say the only industry, but it has been more prevalent in price competition at the origination level. Obviously, higher end homes, we've been negotiating commissions on higher end homes for a long time. Yeah, I sold a home in Santa Barbara 16 years ago, and uh, it was a high end home and got a significant reduction in the commission level. So that has been occurring. On the title side, we have a tremendous amount of filings to enable different groups, veterans, uh, all, you know, all kinds of adjustments there. So things have been happening, but I think this one was especially vulnerable because as you said, most consumers look at the buyer's agent and go, wait a minute, why are we paying the buyer's agent? You know, they had nothing to do, there was nothing to do with it or very little to do with it that warrants uh, you know, half the commission. I don't want to go there and make a judgment on that. I think the real estate industry operates in a very functional manner, but I think the whole industry, realtors, lenders, title companies, everybody needs to take a hard look at how we do our pricing and uh, get more, maybe more aggressive about making sure that our value propositions are aligned with the service and the functionality of what we provide. And to that end, there's a lot to unpack here, but I want to play off what you just said. Again, as a consumer here, you know, the marketing, the advertising that we saw or have seen from the National Association of Realtors or Realtors over the past, let's say the past decade, has been these fluffy sort of like TV commercials, right? About buying a home and you need a realtor, but they never say why, right? And they had an opportunity I believe, over the last 10, 20 years to really educate consumers about what can happen, the bad stuff that can happen if you don't have an experienced, talented professional working with you. You could have done lots of funny commercials where somebody bought a home online and showed up and it was next to a garbage dump or something goes wrong and say, hey, this is why you need a professional working with you. And I feel like they missed that opportunity. It was a lot of fluff and the industry as a whole does not do even a good job of educating consumers what we do, why we do it, and why it's important. Do you agree with that? Uh, Yeah, I I do agree with that. I think there is a lack of understanding. And I will tell you this, top realtors are very essential. Uh, Not only essential, they do a great job. I mean, if you know, you can look at it a lot of different ways, but a realtor basically keeps the transaction going. And they go, oh, yeah, but why are they necessary? Well, take a look at how successful for sale by owner initiatives have been. I've been at this 48 years. I have seen multiple for sale by owner initiatives and companies that tried to leverage that phenomena. But I don't think it's ever gotten to be more than 9% of all sales. Uh, And the reason for that is real estate is a fairly complex transaction, and it varies tremendously market to market in terms of business practices, state to state in terms of regulation, parts of the country you're in, according to database. I mean, there's a lot of variables that impact the real estate transaction. A professional realtor is someone that understands it and makes sure that happens. They basically manage the process for the consumer. I bought a home once using a buyer realtor. This is prior to having 
perhaps the level of uh, technological access we have now to real estate information and looking at a home. I've actually felt good about having a buyer realtor represent me. Again, now things have changed technologically, so maybe that isn't as essential as it used to be. That's a subject for the real estate community to uh, debate, decide, and realign with. But I think overall, the transaction is much more complex than people realize, and having a professional realtor involved is quite often absolutely essential. The argument, I guess, has always been from the buyer's agent side that the seller is paying this. So you as a buyer, you are not paying this. And I remember this from, you know, as a first-time home buyer, and every time we bought a home, hey, you know, they're paying for it. Well, they are, but essentially that's, you know, the price is being jacked up slightly to cover that. And, you know, never mind all that. A lot of times you get the emotional aspect of buying a home. You want the home. So, okay, whatever. We go along with it. Do you think now we'll see more of an a la carte type of offering where, okay, I'm a first time home buyer. I have no experience buying a home. I need someone to hold my hand. And so here's that package, if you will. Here's what you'll get with that buyer's agent package versus maybe someone who's buying their second or third home. Or as you mentioned, a high end home where, hey, you know, we've done this before. Do you think you'll see more of that, like a a different level of pricing for buyer's agents moving forward? You know, I think you've raised an interesting question there, and I do think it's probably time for that to be looked at, if you will. I think the industry as a whole has been reticent. The industry, I'm talking about all aspects of the real estate industry, have been very reticent to change, but also highly regulated. And again, I don't think the average consumer understands that the regulation varies tremendously state to state. Business practices vary tremendously market to market. So there is no uniform overall solution to anything. And I think one of the reasons maybe NAR has been made, and I want to be careful here. I think NAR, uh, personally, I think NAR is... uh, is an organization that can provide essential and critical services for the real estate community. So I'm not against NAR, but I think they've been a little bit slow in uh, keeping the value proposition current in the mind of the consumer, if you will. Mm-hmm. You know, I also think that the average consumer, at least for the first couple of purchases of a home, really needs someone to advise them. Be it the buyer or seller realtor, that's kind of where we'll find out, right? But someone has to be there. No question. I mean, you've talked about this many times uh, over the years where, you know, this is not the purchase of a stock or, you know, a piece of paper, obviously. Not a lot of consumers think about it that way, right? They, oh, you know, I know what I'm doing. I go online. I can see it on Zillow. I'm just going to buy this home. I don't need a realtor. We all know that's not the case because, you know, whether you're selling the home or you're buying the home, the experienced real estate agent, realtor, is going to have the inside scoop on that house because they've worked that neighborhood, they've been in that city or that, you know, whatever that zip code is, they know what happened with that house, you know, 10 years ago or what you need to watch out for. So, you know, that's where I think we keep coming back to this, you know, marketing and education piece. And I want to ask you not only from the, you know, I don't want to pick on real estate agents, but let's talk settlement agents. Let's certainly talk about, you know, mortgage professionals, the overall industry in terms of educating clients as to why this is important. Why is title insurance important? Why, what does this do for me? You know, why am I spending this money, right? Consumers, they deserve to know. And I think we all can do a better job of explaining that, right? Well, let's just 
take a deep breath here for a second, Brian. Uh, one, one of the things that one of the things that makes this difficult is that the real estate process is an incredibly complex process. Yes, and it varies tremendously. Again, market to market, state to state, uh, region to region. So the ability to standardize it and the ability to have a clear upfront explanation of what's happening is very, very difficult. However, I think a good realtor will be in a key position to facilitate communication and keep the process running effectively. Most top realtors I know have a basically a team. They have a loan officer escrow officer. They have an appraiser they like to work with, but basically they have a team and that team tends to really focus on making sure that they get good timely service because of the repetitive business. So a good realtor really is a concierge. I hate that term, but that's what they are. They are a concierge on the service. How much can we explain to the buyer about the real estate process? At our company, we have a subsidiary named My Home, and they have a product called My Home that statuses the buyer during the transaction and answers a lot of questions about what happens next. Can we get into a long detail about title insurance or lending or even sales? It's really, really hard because, again, it varies tremendously market to market. But also, you know, I don't think you have the time to explain yep. everything to everybody. Uh, plus, I think you end up making it more confusing than simple. So can you can explain the process? Yes. I can tell you this. I constantly find people amazed at how much the title insurance industry pays out in losses. Over the last 20 years, $14.7 in losses and loss expense. I say that to people. They go, that can't be. And I say, yeah, that that's basically it's running about $700 million a year. You know, so... And that's after we do all the research and examination in the process, and we still have losses. So the American consumer has no idea how complex the underlying databases and processes are. Yeah, I think that's a great point about the the time. People are so busy that it's not like they're going to stop and educate themselves, no offense, about title insurance or <laughs> the real estate transaction. They just want you to get it done. And yeah. in this Amazon world we live in, everybody's gotten so used to things being commoditized. And yes. you, you really cannot commoditize uh, professional services, particularly when it comes to what may be for most people, I would say 99% of the people, the biggest financial yep. transaction they're ever going to make. And that's the point I used to make to people on a mortgage transaction was, you know, back in the, the days of the good old good faith estimate, which was, you know, wasn't in good faith for most lenders who would leave off early issue on new construction or they wouldn't include the title insurance fees. And I would try to tell people, hey, yeah, the reason we're off a couple thousand bucks is they didn't show you that, right? And it's going to show up at the closing table no matter what. So there's that honesty, there's that transparency. And quite frankly, for many consumers, there's just that you're going to find out the hard way, right? If, yeah. <laughs> if you... and, and Brian, that's why I made the comment earlier about, so how do you, if you step back and look at this process and you say, well, what can we all do? Well, I think the best initiative would be to have the trade associations put together committees to work together to try to figure out how to explain the process in a more coherent fashion, but also look for ways to make the process more efficient and less confusing. Yeah. And I think that has to happen at the trade association level. In my career, I reached out to numerous lenders and realtors and done things. Uh, actually, developed, we've developed some technology around that. 
But in order to get really meaningful change on a national level, the trade associations are have to get together and start really working on making the process more understandable, more efficient, more clearly understood by all the participants. Yeah, you made a great point, too, about, you know, FISBO for sale by owner, which has, has been there forever, but never has really taken off. And then you've also had very coordinated efforts by Keller Williams. Remember back in the day, you know, save money on your transaction. I remember that 20 years ago, right? And then, and Redfin, you've had those models and even those models have had to, I don't want to say give up, but essentially adapt to a market that, you know, that doesn't fly on every transaction and you have to actually pay a professional what they are worth to get a transaction done. So I thought that was a great point. I mean, that's been around forever, but to your point, at most, it's been 9% of the market. And so even with all the technology we have, finding a home on Zillow, narrowing it down, looking at it, all that, I mean, you still have all sorts of crazy things that can pop up, right? One of the things that is just not understood or I guess really uh, fully comprehended, if you will, <laughs> by, by uh, most people that analyze or look at this industry is that we are all regulated differently. Realtors, lenders, title companies, we all, appraisers, we all have different regulatory entities that oversee our practices. And so consequently, getting a uniformity or integrations and, and uh, common cause is very, very difficult because we report up to different regulators. We have different things we have to keep track of and report on. And um, we have different people we answer to and, and to get and to get permission from. So it is uh, it would be wonderful. If real estate had some sort of over, I guess, it's supposed to in the Federal Housing uh, Finance Association or whatever it is, FHFA. <laughs> but but I know we'll see, you know, and we we have rest, but we have a few things like that on practices, but not on the underlying administration and oversight. Well, it's not too late. I mean, it's now is a good time because people unfortunately aren't that busy right now to uh, to sort of maybe reinvent this wheel moving forward and offer at least as an option an a la carte model or hey if you're buying a home and you feel comfortable hey here's what i would do and here's what that would cost and at least try to potentially dare i say experiment with something but this stuff never seems to happen when the market's cranking it's always when we get into like a lull and then the regulators come out, and then you get this kind of stuff, and it just kind of compounds the mood. We have to get the trade associations to try to work together to see what they can do. And it's going to be minimal to start with, and yeah. people need to understand that. It's going to be a long process, but we need to start having meaningful communication and focus. Good point. As we wrap this up, uh, just a general, how are things going? I know we hit uh, December here. I know it's pretty slow. I, I you know, I talked to Guys I know in the mortgage industry have been around 30 years and, and, you know, high performers that aren't closing, didn't close anything in November. Maybe give me an update. What's the mood? What are you telling people? What are we hearing? Well, I think we've bottomed out. Um, I'm actually getting fairly optimistic because I do see inflation coming down. I think inflation is going to come down very steadily from here on out. Uh, you and I have talked before. I mean, just real quickly, uh, as an aside note, to verify my opinion, you and I have talked before about what a big percentage of both CPI and PCE indexes rent and owner's equivalent rent is. It runs about, I think, 17% of PCE core and about 25% of the CPI core. 
And it's unfortunately, they only check the rent once every six months. So we actually have rent going down now because we've built more than enough apartments. So we will start continue. Well, we will continue to get the benefit of, of reductions in rent. And I think uh, home price appreciation is getting back to a more aligned with the historical norm, which I think was about 3.6%. So it might be a little bit higher than that this year. But but basically, we are getting to the point now where the impact of rent and owner's equivalent rent on the inflation indices is going to be going down and going down meaningfully. The other thing I would point out is, you know, we had oil clear up in the high 80s and it's down to like 74 this morning. That really benefits the average American who spends a tremendous amount of their take-home income on gas and food. And so we're, we're seeing some benefits from declining inflation, and that will continue. So we'll see mortgage rates come down. They won't come down real fast. I don't think the Fed will cut rates probably until about March or April. But once they start cutting rates, you'll start seeing mortgage rates drop. I see them all the way down to six by the end of next year and into the fives in 2025. So I'm optimistic. I think it's the time for everyone to really focus on what you do to get business and take care of your clients. Don't spend any time talking about the market. It's a waste. You can't do anything about the market, but you can make a significant impact on people now by being positive and engaging with them. Yeah. All right. So I'm I'm uh, Uncle Pat is fairly positive. Well, yeah. Get out there and find people. Right. And, yeah. and get them get them ready to buy a home. If I was yes. a real estate agent, that's what I'd be doing right now is hosting, you know, home buying workshops. And I know it sounds crazy, but why not, right? Get out there and, and get some people, get some leads, educate people and start filling up that pipeline, right? Well, real quickly, Brian, you know, you've heard me say this before. I think real estate is one of the purest supply and demand dynamics in our economy. Prices go up and down based on supply and demand. Uh, supply is minimal now and demand's minimal. So we're not seeing, we're actually seeing prices creep up a little bit. But if you look at demand, I typically analyze it as being three things need, desire, and affordability. I don't think I've ever seen need or desire higher than they are right now. I mean, we've got millennials and then Gen Z coming into play, and you've got a tremendous amount of people that will be buying homes over the next 10 years. So the need is very high. Desire is very high. We're back to where we were when I was a young man, and that is buying a home is considered a smart move. Uh, it's the first step towards intergenerational wealth. It's a part of the American dream. The desire to own a home now has gone up dramatically because of the pandemic. We're to the point now where need and desire are very, very high on a historical basis. The only issue is affordability. And with high mortgage rates and high cost, affordability is pretty minimal. People say, well, you've seen mortgage rates higher than this. Yeah. I mean, in 1985, mortgage rates were, what were they, about eight and a half percent or something. But the average uh, median priced home in the United States was 86800 It was about three times the average salary. Today, the average priced home is about six times the average salary. So we have an affordability issue. We've got to get mortgage rates back in the fives. Uh, and then home appreciation just needs to level out to the norm, which is about 3.6%. Well, good stuff, Pat. I uh, hope you enjoy uh, the upcoming holidays here. We appreciate uh, your insight as always. My pleasure, Brian. You take care, bud. Thanks to WFG chairman and founder Patrick Stone for joining us. And thank you for partnering with WFG. 